0: Well, good morning. You know, every now and then you remember something in your life that ended up being a key turning point that affected the rest of your life. One of those for me was after my sophomore year in college, I went on this what's called a summer project with a campus ministry organization. I went to the Philippines. I tried to go somewhere else. They just randomly said, no, you're going to go to the Philippines. I didn't know anybody. Uh, There was like 200 students there. And they all kind of knew each other, it seemed, but nobody, <laughs> I didn't know anybody. And, and it was one of those situations where I was part of some big initiative that was in partnership with churches in the Philippines. And we were showing the Jesus film, a film about Jesus taken from the Gospel of Luke into all these different villages. And so we were based in one city and then divide up in teams of 10 and go out for 10 days and show the Jesus film from village to village and, and for me, I, I was three weeks in, utterly miserable. I, I just was so hot all the time, never not hot at any time of the day. And I was just always out of control of my circumstances. Something else was always in control of my circumstances. And my circumstances were always just... Tough, and it just was one of those things where I guess being young, being me, I don't know what it was, but I just was always, my attention was always focused on just my misery and how uncomfortable I was. And I just was one of these people that was sort of complaining all the time because, see, I'd forgotten that I didn't go to the Philippines on this mission trip to be comfortable. Like, that wasn't how can I be comfortable? I'll go on a mission trip to the Philippines. That was, I forgot that I went for a whole different reason. I went because I wanted to spread the message of the kingdom of God. And it was something that I just wanted God to use it to do some things in my life. But three weeks in, before I think our third time where all the teams were going to leave Angeles City and go out into different teams and, and all that for 10 days, they chose me, the leadership of this whole thing chose me to stay back and wash the luggage in this hotel room. By myself. Well, it turns out there was another high school kid with me. And, and, and we were there to, to watch the luggage for 10 days. I was devastated. If you know me, I was devastated. I'm an extrovert. The idea of staying back and watching the luggage while the teams went out and did their thing, I was, I was, I was, it was one, a, a crisis for me. And I remember being convinced. It was so miserable. It's one of those things where you're so miserable, you're convinced that God is in it. I was convinced that that God had done something to get my attention, and he got my attention. And I realized at that point, okay, I'm here because God is showing me I've been squandering my summer. I've been focusing all my attention on me, and I've been focusing my attention on why I'm miserable and why I'm hot and why I'm not comfortable and complaining about it, and I forgot that that I'm I'm here for a whole different reason. And it was a wake-up time for me it was a turning point for my summer. From there on out that summer, I decided I'm going to be a team member. I'm going to focus on doing the ministry. I'm not going to think about my problems. I'm not going to think about my circumstances. I'm not going to think about how hot I am. I'm just going to try to love people and serve people. And it turns out, as I look back, it was a significant turning point in my whole life. Because the lessons I learned for the next two months after that were, were actually things that absolutely changed my life. I, I had developed such deeper roots in my relationship with God, I, I came back an entirely different person. I mean, really did, and, and never looked backwards. And sometimes you think about it, it's one thing to squander a summer. It's an entirely different thing to squander your one life. I mean, you've got one life to live and to squander it because your attention is focused in the wrong place. Your attention is focused on you and your comfort or your misery and your circumstances instead of why you're here. You ever wonder if that's what's happening to you? That you're squandering your life because you've forgotten why you're here and instead you're focusing on you and your comfort or your misery and the circumstances and the things to complain about. And you're missing, the whole, you're squandering the whole thing. That's what Jesus is getting at. In his parable on the sower and the four soils that we read in Matthew chapter 13. Now, just quick question. I know we looked at it here and prayed through it, but even before you came here, how many of you just raise your hand? How many of you are familiar already with the parable of the sower and the four soils? You already just raise your hand, even if you want to raise it like that, you can. You have to, but just raise your. So most of you. So just real quick, since most of you are familiar, just yell out one of the four soils. Just any of them. Just what are the what are the huh? Rocky. What? Thorns. There you go. I thought you said horns. What else? Good soil. Shallow. Yeah, there you go. So we already know it, right? Let's just close in prayer. Heavenly, no, I'm just kidding. It's one of these situations where it might be, what if, what if our familiarity of already having heard it is actually what keeps us from hearing it? What if it was one of these tricky kind of things that it's already having heard it and being familiar with it that absolutely keeps us from getting its message? What if, what if you were able to listen to a very familiar parable today and try to listen to it as if you're hearing it for the absolute very first time? Because, see, a parable, remember, is Jesus taking, he's making up an invented story from everyday circumstances in order to show us a hidden reality that we don't see. But the parable, in some way, because we do understand the everyday circumstances, reveals in some way significance. So let's let's take a look at it. Matthew 13, verse 3. Jesus says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. There's a third, it sprang oh sorry, this it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root third soil. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. And then Jesus says this in verse 9, he, whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, I let me just be honest with you. Whenever I read those words of Jesus after a parable, it's sort of just, kind of scares me a little bit. Remember that quote we looked at two weeks ago by the New Testament scholar N.T. Wright? And he said that God really does give us the freedom to choose and that that freedom to choose is so real that he actually lets us experience the consequences of our choice. And he'll give us chances to repent. He'll give us chances to come to our senses. But at the end of the day, the choice is completely ours. So whenever I hear Jesus saying, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I'm thinking this is one of those times where he might be giving me the chance to repent and a chance to make a different choice And I didn't realize it until now. I better think about what he just said. What Jesus is saying is, I said something just now really crucial. And it's going to be up to you whether or not whatever you choose to do with it is going to be up to you. So, so later, Jesus says to his disciples, when he explains it, it says this. that He says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Here's what it means. He says, when anyone hears the message of the kingdom of God and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that is along the path. Remember the seed along the path in the parable was the one where the birds came and they snatched it up. They just took the seed because it was on the hardened path. Jesus is saying the seed is the message about the kingdom. Now the New Testament will go on to tell us the message about the kingdom is that God became human in the person of Jesus in order to bring restoration to a world that was lost to, dark, to, to sin and to evil and that he is the perfect human king and that his miracles demonstrated the restoration he's going to bring. And it's been accomplished by his death that took our sin upon himself and broke through the other side of death and forever broke the power of death. And by his resurrection, that's going to be the first of a new creation. And the message of the kingdom is that right now we can be integrated into that story. Right now we can experience healing by the kingship of Jesus and be a part of this bigger story and live redemptively here in the sense of producing a crop. And so he says here that, 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 that that's the message of the kingdom. It's like a seed. When you think about a seed, it really is amazing, right? Because within that little seed is all the genetic code for this incredible plant that's going to perhaps be something huge. And it's going to bear fruit. And those fruits are going to also have seed. And it's going to be that one seed that's going to be 30, 60, 100-fold times what that little seed was. But all within that little seed is the power. It just depends on the condition of the soil. And so Jesus says this the message of the kingdom of God is this incredible power to heal and to totally restore your life in a restored world in the kingdom of God that can begin even now in your life, but it's not going to happen in most people. And here's why there's another kingdom. There's another kingdom that's trying to keep people from the kingdom of God. And Jesus calls that kingdom in this thing right here, he calls it the evil one. So he says, picture this, picture this, that that when the message of the kingdom of God is heard by somebody, but they don't understand it. And that word in the Greek means to think about it. It just kind of goes in one ear and out the other, they move on. What is really happening is that the supernatural forces of evil are snatching that message before it has a chance to even land in their heart because their heart is like a path. It's hardened. Now, they don't even think of it that way. They just moved on. They weren't interested. And Jesus says, you don't see it But trust me, this is happening far more than you realize. This is why people aren't experiencing the power of the seed of the message of the kingdom in their lives. The second thing he says is this. He says, now, the seed falling on the rocky ground, remember the rocky ground is when the the plant quickly rose because it was on rock, it quickly sprang up, but then the sun came up, and because of the heat, it scorched it, and it withered, and it fell away. So Jesus says, the seed on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Now, catch what he's saying here. This is somebody who, if Jesus is the kingdom of God, they've accepted Jesus with joy. At some point, they heard the message of Jesus, and that was something they wanted, and they received Jesus with joy. But, he goes on, he says, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. Know anybody like that? They last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, the message of the kingdom, because of the word, they quickly fall away. See, Jesus is saying this, that if, if all you do is stay at the shallow, you might quickly respond and accept the kingdom of God, but it's, the kingdom of God is not going to last in you. If you don't let it develop deeper roots, if you stay at the shallow, the kingdom of God will not last in you except only a short time, but eventually it's going to fall away. You're going to fall away from it. Now, here's what I want us to catch is that is, it's always been true of the human condition. That, that, that people tend to dwell at the shallow. We, we tend to determine what's true based on somebody's appearances or how much power they have, how much money they have, what's their job, what's their position, what are their looks. Do they, do they look sharp? Are they impressive? Are they celebrities? Are they important people? And when we live at the shallow, when the loudest voices in our head are pop culture, When the loudest voices in our head are social media, and everything that we're hearing is quick, it's shallow, it's a sound bite. But when you really think about it, do you really want to make your decisions regarding the nature of this universe and the issues of eternity? and the reality of who Jesus is and what his miracles really were all about and his death on the cross that he actually did die but the apostles died proclaiming his resurrection for 30 years they proclaimed his resurrection and they were executed for it do you really want to leave those ultimate deeper issues of life to the quick sound bites of pop culture and social media Because see, Jesus says, if you're dwelling in the shallow... If the loudest voices in your head are pop culture and social media, the kingdom of God is not going to last in you because eventually pop culture and social media are going to bring the heat against your beliefs in the word of God. And if that's more important to you, pop culture and social media, if those are the loudest voices in your head and you haven't developed the roots of deeper convictions of why you believe in the kingdom of God, you will not last but a short time. You're going to fall away. That's what Jesus says. And then there's a third soil, it's the thorns. Now listen to this, I think this is, he said the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and in the in the account of this in Luke chapter 8 verse 14 he adds the words of Jesus not just the, the just the deceitfulness of wealth but of pleasures as well the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word making it unfruitful Here's what Jesus says. He says, there's seed that falls, and it's a plant, and it's growing, but the soil has other things growing with it, and these other things end up choking the kingdom of God in that person's heart. Choking the kingdom of God from their life. I read a book recently, that, uh, was, and one of the stories in the book was a 68, now he's 68 years old, a pastor in Russia, and and he grew up in uh, Marxist Soviet Russia, and at the time he grew up, it was very heavily persecuting Christians. His dad was a pastor, and his dad was imprisoned for being a Christian, for being a pastor, but not just for being a pastor. They also imprisoned other men in their church, and so he remembers growing up with his mom and other women and kids and his family without dads, because dads were in prison, because they were Christians, and yet they would still meet secretly. And he says we would read the Bible, and we would sing, and we would pray and cry in secret. And that was his memory of growing up as a Christian, as a kid, in Marxist Soviet Union. And here's a quote from this book. He says this, he says, 60 years of terror, that was the reign of the Soviet Union in the worst times, 60 years of terror, they were unable to get rid of the faith. Pastor says, this is the book. Believers, he says, this is what the pastor says. Believers rewrote biblical texts by hand because you couldn't get a Bible, it was illegal. Even the songs that we sang. They were so committed. To the, the, the word of God, the word of the kingdom that they, they would still meet in secret, even though it was illegal and the men had been already imprisoned, and they would copy their Bibles by hand so that they could have the word of God because that was something that they wanted to sink deeper and they weren't going to let other things choke in their lives. That was their lifeline. Now, when I was in high school, I went on another one of those projects with the same Christian organization for three months and I met a guy there that became my friend, and he later, as we both kind of grew up and, and, and in our 20s, he became a missionary, a secret missionary in the Soviet Union when it was still Marxist. And he came back, and I saw him, and he's a friend of mine, and he gave me a page out of a hand-copied Gospel of John. This is that page right here. I didn't want to bring it because I've had it for 35 years, and I was afraid I'd just keep it in this, you know, folder. I didn't want to lose it or something. So I just took a picture on my bed, and I took a picture of it, and here it is. This is a hand-copied during Marxism in the Soviet Union. Somebody had to hand-copy the Gospel of John in order to be able to read it. Now, that's a commitment to go deeper with the message of the kingdom, to hand write it, to hand copy it. Now, today, you can get Bibles really easy in Russia. You can go to a worship service, and you're not going to be in prison for it. You can find Christian teaching if you're a Russian Christian on the internet, it's, it's super easy to get. But the pastor says, that pastor in this book says, but there's something huge that's been lost. He puts it this way. He says this. He says, now it's all about career, material success, and one's standing in society. When people were meeting back then, the center was Christ and his word that was being read. See, Jesus calls them thorns. When we just get overly focused on our circumstances and focused on ourself and focused on advancing in this and that, at getting more wealth, getting better status, and we're focusing on all these things, they become like thorns that grow alongside the kingdom of God in our heart, but they end up winning. They end up choking the kingdom of God out of our heart. And so Jesus says this, he says the last soil, he says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. Again, that word means to, to think about it, to reflect on it. They're investing in it. This is the one who produces. This is the whole point of why they're here. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown because of their intentional attention. They're able to remember why they're even here, and that miracle seed begins to explode in their lives and begin to transform their lives and bring them into this bigger story most of the people will never know about because of all the things that are stealing their attention, all the other kingdoms that are stealing their attention from the one that's real. Again, when I was in college, a girl had written me a letter that, that we were kind of pursuing a little bit of getting to know each other. I had become close friends with her and she lived somewhere else and she was wanting to pursue more of a relationship. And so she sent me a handwritten letter that was 20, no, I guess they were all handwritten back then, but she sent me a letter that was handwritten and it was 22 pages. And I remember opening up the envelope and taking out this letter and counting up, 22 pages, and taking it and throwing it in the trash. I didn't even read the first sentence. Now, I'm a bad guy. Let's just get that out of the way, okay? I get it. I'm not sharing this story to make me endearing. I regret it now. It wasn't respectful. But the reason I wasn't interested in her letter is because my heart wasn't really interested in her. Now today we have more Bibles than at any time in history of humanity. You can pull out your phone and bring up any translation that you want, anytime you want. It's so easy. What you have in your hand are letters written for you by the Holy Spirit that contain the seed of the kingdom of God that will revolutionize your life, t- change your future forever, and bring you into this bigger story. The reason why God became human and did the miracles and died on the cross and rose from the dead, that story that the creator of the universe wants to To bring you in, Jesus says, is like a seed. It contains all the power in the word of God. And you're not going to throw your Bible away. I get it. We're not going to take it and throw it away. We're just going to ignore it. Because there are so many things to pay attention to. But, But Jesus says this. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And I wonder, you know, to be honest with you, I'm all for these soils at different times. I mean, I think, I, when, I, when I read this, I think, okay, I'm, I'm that one. No, I guess I'm that one. I guess I'm that one. I want to be that one. I think I, I, I go from soil to soil. Maybe you do too. Maybe this morning God's been putting something on your heart to say, I think this is you. And I think this is a chance to make a change and to focus your attention from the wrong kingdom to the right one. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I don't know where, let me just talk to you guys for a minute. I don't know where you are as you come before God right now in prayer. I don't know know which soil you feel like you resonate most with, but maybe you've been letting the evil one snatch the little that's come your way and you just sort of have moved on and you're too busy to think about it. Or maybe you've at one time received it with joy, but you live in the shallow, the pop culture and social media, that's the loudest voice in your head and you you haven't taken time to develop roots of the message of the kingdom of God and maybe you're withering away. Maybe the kingdom of God is kind of withering away in your heart. Or maybe you really are somebody who you want to be somebody who's walking in the kingdom, but there's these thorns that have grown around you and they're just choking you, this deceitfulness of all these other little kingdoms that take priority in your heart and they're choking out the word of God from you. And I wonder if you saw God right now, if Jesus would appear to you right now and he looked at you with his eyes of love Looked at you with his eyes of knowing everything about you and just wanted to give you a chance to talk. What would you say right now? Would you say you're sorry for this? I'm sorry that I've been ignoring. I'm sorry that I've been shallow. I'm sorry that I've squandered my life thinking about me and forgetting the whole reason why I'm here. What would you say? What can you say? What should you say right now? Say it. And God, I do pray that you would give us ears that hear, hearts that understand, eyes that see. We would not focus on us and squander our lives trying to chase our circumstances' tales, but instead we would remember why we're here, the bigger story of your kingdom, the power of God for all who believe. We pray this in Jesus' name. Would you stand to receive God's blessing? May God give you ears that hear so that you can bear fruit, maybe a hundredfold, 60-fold, 34-fold, but that you could accomplish the reason why God has you here and why he has given you the message of his kingdom. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us today. Have a great week.